The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here at Analyze This. Um, of course, you know, we got a governor in the house, chief policy advisor, communications director. However, you know what I'm saying? We do what we do here to start the second hour. So we got programming notes for Channel 12. Right? We got the PBS News Hour at 7. Dear Sirs at 8. Explore the horrifying journey of an American POW. At 9 o'clock, Spy in the Ocean. Explore the extraordinary connections between the creatures, the creatures of the ocean. And then Nova at 10. Secrets of the Dead at 11, and then I'm important company uh, at, at midnight. So, the news hour, dear sirs, spy in the ocean, Nova, Secrets of the Dead, and I'm important company at uh, midnight. <clears throat> Governor, we got caught on the line. Well, before you go, I just want so, to say one more thing about the, the legislation discussion, right? So, you talking about the, the processes or a spe specific the legislation? processes. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, these are things, this is kind of things that we talk about in, in, in general that people don't know, which I sympathize with the legislature. I think if you really look at the legislature and you see what a senator gets for their budget, there is no way with a little bit of money they could be able to produce the kind of expertise, legislation, or whatever that we do. By the time they hire their basic staff, they don't have any money. That's right. So my thing is like, okay, what do we do? Reduce the legislature to four senators and leave and double the budgets because when you see stuff come out of Congress, those congressmen are not writing that stuff. Those things are coming out of think tanks in other places that are asking them to sponsor them because when you look at a, a, a piece of code amendment, these things are hundreds of pages long. The bills, when you look at our legislature and the bills we're producing, Two pages, three pages. You rarely see a bill that's ten pages or more. What about budgeting the legislature appropriately? So, it's, so what I'm saying is, how do you expect them to be producing when they don't have the resources? But I mean, the legislature budget is a little over twenty million. Mm -hmm. In a, you know, I remember. Yeah, but, but, but the public has has always had this thing about the legislature not having. X amount of resources. They take it personal in legislature because they could touch us. They can't touch you because you got bodyguards. You got you got you got your support and all that stuff. They take it out on us. They take it out on us. The four the four senators thing. I know that that was. It doesn't mean. I mean, all I'm and it doesn't have to be four. It could be five. No, no, no. Remember now, legislation. The state legislatures are based on population. Right. Right. And if Congress. In 54, saw fit to give us 11 when our population was 30, 35,000. So you're good with 15. The only reason why I make the number reference yes. is because of the budget. Oh, no, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. So, so there's ways to deal with things. So you, I mean, you cut you, representation, right. or you could increase budget. Right. And you know? I'm just saying, if you're going to ink, every, every senator office budget should be at least double. We, 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 what we need is a, is a, a set aside, a layer there for resources purposes because in Congress, you know, they got the CBO, right? You got right, the Congressional right, Budget right, Office, right? right. And the, the local equivalent would be the post audit, post audit division of legislature, right? I would think. 
right? Uh, clearly, uh, they need uh, some more resources. They don't have the resources. That's why you know Sanders want to run for governor because you got six hundred mil. I don't know why and, did and, a, and, why and, did and, it run and the for judicial branches is thirty plus mil and and the legislature. I mean, you think about it. Even as a commissioner, I ask people all the time. As a commissioner, you make more money. You actually have a budget, and you got staff. When you weren't as a legislature, I mean, certainly the yeah, prestige yeah, 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 is there. You got that luxury, man. Carla yeah. and Elaine. I want to keep ahead, Carla holding. Good morning, Carla. Sorry for keeping you holding. How are you? Yes. Good morning. Can Mr. James, morning. how you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Question for the governor? Uh, yeah. Uh, one, uh, well, just before I made the call, I heard you said and he said about you uh, were discussing where Senate President Francis is trying to get some appropriations for water for uh, the f- affected areas where we're most focusing on on St. Croix right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we wait for, I guess, uh, federal assistance since we enacted a state of emergency a week ago. Uh, one of the other things... Uh, What's the question for the Governor Kala? Because well, we, I was calling to, to find out about uh, if we could take some of these arrow funds to uh, purchase water for the affected areas until we get some federal assistance. And uh, ARP, I guess I guess you're talking about ARPA, ARPA funds because ARA is the 2009-2010 money. ARPA, excuse me, yes. Yeah, Governor, ARPA funds. Yeah, yeah. So, education moment again. The the state of emergency allows me to take money from anywhere in the Virgin Islands and use it. Not federal money, but any fund or anything to, to get water. I think the effort by the legislature is a noble one because they're, they're being fiscally responsible and identifying a, a specific source for funding. This isn't a hurricane where there's no water, the stores are closed. There's, waters in the, there's water in the store. The WAPA water that was being distributed was not for free. Now, we recognize that some people are going to feel a financial hardship now because they have to buy water, um, bottled water, which is more expensive than, than WAPA water. So we're trying to do a substitute to those people and be able to provide them, first of all, with a source of getting drinking water if they need to, and then second of all, following up and giving them uh, distributing filters, and then uh, finally... Uh, being able to change out the lines or whatever it is that's causing the problem and change the chemistry of the water. So before before we get to the, the derelict builders, this question again. Um, question: Are we going to be the next Flint, Michigan? To be very direct, we're not even close to Flint, Michigan. I mean, people were dying there of Legionnaires' disease. The people were getting poisoned. Uh, people, so it's not that bad. It, it, it is not. They have a different problem. And if you read up on that situation, a lot of what happened is because they started taking water out of the river and they had bacteria and all kinds of other stuff instead of using the, the, the state water system. Because one of the concerns with this question is we might not be affecting it now, but what about long-term based on what we're dealing with with lead and contamination? Well, I mean, I, I, I like to have a real conversation with people. Uh, you know, I would say 99% of people don't drink any water from any faucet, mm-hmm. especially if it's brown. Uh, and, and, and and so people, like, after Hugo, everybody started drinking bottled water. They won't even drink system water. I still drink system water. Um, but so I think that we we are so far ahead of the situation at this point in terms of identifying the problem, letting people know, 
that didn't water. And 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 you know, Kevin talked about earlier prioritizing Bonaventure and um, Castle Castleburg because unlike the states, they don't have a separate source of water. This can't be Flint, Michigan, because as we know, if 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 Wapa serves twenty percent of our people, that's a lot. The majority of homes in the Virgin Islands are powered by cisterns. In Flint, Michigan, there is no cistern. So people couldn't flip over to another source of water. Um, our, our water doesn't have bacteria. Our water is not causing Legionnaire's disease. Uh, we, we just find in these traces. And the other thing is, our main water source is pollutant-free. The problem is when this water is getting out on the line and coming up through these feeds right now, so far as that's what we think it is, is there are components in there that may have contained lead, so, and because of the alkalinity of the water, it's leaching into the water. So if you so, flush so, so, your so water, our, out, our issue, our issue is conduit infrastructure. Right. So I mean, in not Flint, source in, conduit infrastructure. Right. Correct. So if in, in Flint you could flush your water all day long, you still would have gotten bad water. Mm -hmm. In this situation, all they're saying is that the water is sitting there in the pipe. It's leaching away and at, at these um, minerals, and they're getting in the water. So, totally different situation. I don't even mention uh, Flint in, in, in this and, at all. And I think what's important to mention to the public is mm -hmm. of the testing that was done, one WAPA has always been doing testing. And of this last round, 31 out of the, the or approximately almost half of the tests came back without being exceeding the lead limit. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we, we, we want so, zero lead. So I, I, yeah, I, I, in a, in exactly. a perfect world. Yeah. And, and let me just advise the public. And if you go on the EPA's website, they're talking about the MCLG goals or the goals to have zero lead. That's a goal. Mm -hmm. That's where the nation, not St. Croix, not St. Thomas, but the entire nation under the leadership of President Biden says, we want to change out our infrastructures to make sure that there are no lead components nationwide. Every state, every state has lead pipes and are dealing with this to some degree. How they treat, how they respond to the issue is different. We in the Virgin Islands do not have lead pipes. We have lead components that we think we now, we have a, EPA is doing some testing this week. And at the end of this week, so, and, and just the public, this is a, not an emotional issue. This is not an issue that came up last night. And so it's an infrastructure issue that will require a scientific solution. That's why we talk about testing, because in order to give the public the, 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 the confidence that the water that they will drink in six months from now, in three months from now is safe, it's going to be because of testing. And so we have to approach that approach the situation in, in this measure so that at the end, when we do change all these service lines, Neville, and we, 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 we do all of the, in, the infrastructure, that the public will have the confidence to know that the regulating entities, which is DPNR, uh, Department of Health, are really gauging the, the, the environment to let you know that it is safe, and it's safe because we're testing it, and it's certified through EPA requirements. But we are, however, taking it just as seriously as if it were Flint and if we were having people. That's what people them. want to hear. Yeah, that's no. So we're not playing with that. I mean, these my people. I, I, I wonder sometimes I listen to people. These are my people. These my Virgin Islanders. I don't want them drinking well, lead water. Well, well, well welcome you to know. elected office. Yeah. Because I, that, 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 that's what happens. But since you went there, let, let me segue to the recovery. Because this is an infrastructure issue we're dealing okay. with here. Right? Um, you, you're almost 
five years come December 31st where you know, the recovery is your baby and all that stuff. Grade our recovery, Governor, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being excellent, 1 being poor. I, I think we're like, given given all of the, the rationales, we're at a 10. But because when you factor in everything that we've been through, I think that people got like uh, selective memory. Overall, I'd say we're about an 8. I mean, we have 1,600 work orders for FEMA, and I think we have less than 200 left to do. Uh, and when people when people look at the recovery, they discount two years of COVID, and they discount the bipartisan budget act, and they discount FEMA is a reimbursable. And I want to go back through this. So, two years of COVID really slowed things down. Check everybody. Nobody could argue with that. FEMA is a reimbursable entity. So in every other state, most states, I shouldn't say every other states, they go out, borrow the money, use appropriations, rebuild everything, and then they go and they fight for, with FEMA to get reimbursed. That process is a fraud. Uh, of course. We, we could never afford to raise $15 billion. We couldn't afford to raise $1 billion. That, that's the number right now, Gov? $15 billion? That's where we are. I mean, when, when you came in, it was at eight. Right. Yeah. Keep, it's gonna be. You, 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 could you? Could you? Real. I, 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 I'm glad you went there. Could you break down where the other seven come from? I know three to four of it is wastewater, with with new sewer system. Where the other three come from? Schools, the hospitals. Um, We've gotten additional monies for that. Yeah, because I, and I don't like to talk about how much money it is individually because that, that messes up our bids when we go out to bid, and the escalating. I, I heard you mention the 15 million when you were interviewed on the consortium, and yeah. I was like, I, I know the number to be. 12 to 13. So where did that other two to three come from? It'll be 20 by the time we're done. Wow. Um, so, so, and it, it, I want, I want to make sure I follow in this. So we, we, we are good. We have an arrangement with FEMA where we pay on invoice. So as we get invoices, they check it and then they pay. That's why when people complain about slow pay, we're paying invoice. Now with the, um, hundred million dollars that we have, we could get stuff, to market faster, we could pay faster, and everything else. That's a line of, and that's a line of that's credit. That's a line of credit that we that have. That we work collaboratively with the legislature to get that done. So nowhere in the history of FEMA has you ever had the Bipartisan Budget Act, which allows FEMA to replace our stuff 100% if it's more than 51% damage for any reason to today's standards. So, but, but Governor, no reasonable administration <clears throat> could look at a jurisdiction with a budget of one billion dollars yeah we're making eight billion let me lose the low the, the low number we're making eight billion dollars available for recovery however we want to go a reimbursement <laughs> structure <laughs> and, and it's it's that doesn't, it doesn't make any sense let me show you the other way now right I'm not trying to defend the legislature, no, no, the no. government. I'm just speaking I'm just rationally. Logic. You know what I'm saying? Right? Yeah. Let, let's look at the other way now, right? So right now, in the off-season, in the off-season of our economy, our unemployment rate is 3.3%. It's the lowest unemployment rate in the history of the Virgin Islands. 3.3%, right? We got... Six schools that ain't hit the rules yet. Two hospitals, two nursing centers, 
uh, three hospitals. Where are we going to get the workforce for that? Here lies the problem. So right now, and in, and in right now in the Virgin Islands, we're building two new hotels. We still got construction on another. We got um, We just won another twenty-two million dollars for the upgrade of St. Croix Ports, and we have twenty-three million in St. Thomas. We got two more airport upgrades with the three pre projects that are going, and we have all kinds of other private sector projects going at the same time. So. The 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 you look here the the DV is having problems finding people. King Christian is is expanding, uh, and I, I talk in Saint Croix. I've been in con, a concert with two hoteliers in in Fredericksted, uh, with expanding. Polly Joseph ain't finished. The Vitran ain't finished. The Highway ain't finished. Mahogany Road about to start. Where are we gonna get this workforce <laughs> from, Governor? Are, you tell are, me. Are we are we recruiting and marketing work here in the Virgin Islands? So outside the territory. I mean, let's face it. If you don't have enough locally, then you got to go externally. So we have, um, and and we're gonna have talk more about. It. I think Adrian uh, Williams Octolin, our director of Disa- uh, disaster recovery, talked about it. We're actually ahead of the curve here. We have coming up in December what we're calling Industry Day. And we've actually invited large contractors to come down and bid on billion dollars or more bundles. Because even if we get them to do that, the 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 smaller contractors are still gonna have too much work to do. Because they they, they they're gonna have to subs, they're gonna have subs. We still got we still got three hundred new homes to build, four hundred old repairs. We still got home repairs you're talking. Yeah, we yeah. got we got at least six new housing communities to build. Um and we still got all the sewer water infrastructure to do. St. Thomas, the whole waterfront is still left to do. Um even so even when even if we bid out these major things. Dunu, right? You gotta do Dunu is a, yeah, a, a, you know, the new Wim Gardens, mm-hmm. New Harrigan. Uh, so there's so much work to do. And we're just talking about public sector projects. We're not even talking about private sector projects. There's, there's just no way we could do it. So we've been thinking about this, and I, I thought about this. Okay, it's like, how do you get the power on in 90 days? You just get everybody to come and put on and get it pulled up, get everything straight. And we're having the same approach with the recovery. We're just trying to get everybody. We need contractors large enough. To build man camps and import people. We got, we're going to take a break, and I know we come back. We're going to mention housing and all that stuff. We're going to talk about HUD because uh, 1.9 billion of that is HUD money's right the recovery. That's another so, side. Uh, so we're going to break that down <laughs> right now. We got the governor in the house with the chief policy policy officer, Kevin Williams, and of course, communications, Richie Motors, who I got to get on the mic so you could tell the people hello. Be back right after this. at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com. Member FDIC. 
I am Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. I wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. I got a call from our imam. He said, our mosque is on fire. We don't want any kind of a witch hunt. The fact that this was a mosque raised many red flags. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is a hate crime. Victoria is at a crossroad. You can no longer sit by and say, this isn't my community, because it is. Everybody says we're all in it together, but I don't think that's the case. A Town Called Victoria airs Monday at 10 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. And we're back here on Analysis. We got the governor's house. He's got his deputies coming this morning, like Stockton and Peel Raider. <laughs> However, I, I want the public to know Stockton didn't feel well when he went up against King Eastwood, so be careful. Uh, communications Director Richie Mota, glad to have you in the studio. What's up? Good morning, Neville. Good morning, Virgin Islanders. Um, and I want to thank you uh, for, from time to time, listening to the show and, and giving me pointers with respect to information because that's what the public appreciates. Absolutely. And I definitely respect Glad, glad to have you here. Governor. Walked into your office. Hey, we got we got a call on the lane, so I, I want to get to the. No, let me let me go to the caller, uh, and then I'll come back and we'll talk about that August first, twenty twenty two conversation we had in your office. Good morning, caller. How are you? Good morning, caller. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Uh, my question for the governor is: uh, Monday night there was a standing room only crowd in Government House, in a conference room about uh, of small business owners and residents of the condition of the roads in Christiansted Town. And the whole meeting just evolved into a shouting match between Marco Trucking and the head of waste management, the residents, and the business owners were left with no answers to the questions of when the roads are going to be fixed. And I, I can't imagine that when this is the biggest part of one of your uh, economies that you are happy with the conditions of this. Because, Governor, I know you drive it every single day just like the rest of us. And my last question is, you promised me before the election that solitude would get paved. I'm still looking for that as well. <laughs> and I'll take my question off the air. Thank you. Thank you, for, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so I had a meeting on this. Solitude, solitude road, not all the way up solitude. It's on the East End paved. But, no, they had a meeting Monday. Um, That's the, was the administrator and a former senator came together, had that meeting in government house? Yeah. That's what I heard? So, I mean. How'd that work out? Because before, everybody was complaining about the backed up sewage all over Christianstead. I mean, we had we had a huge sewage problem in Christianstead. We just want Marco to finish doing the sewer lines replacements. Uh, we already have the contractor waiting to start paving Christianstead. 
We just need him to finish what he's doing and, and patch these little roads. I'm at the point no, now well, where... Well, before you get to that, though, the Waste Management Authority been digging up a lot of roads in Christianstead because they're supposed to be putting in new pipes and Marco, all Marco. Oh, you, you, you're preempting the story. Yeah. Marco yeah. Construction this is, on this behalf is post, of the Waste Management Authority. So this is, is post-digging post up the road. Marco got a, the contract to repave the roads in Christianstead. No, 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 no. Marco is the one digging up the road. Digging up the roads. They're the ones replacing so, all so the Marco, So Marco has the contract with the Waste Management Authority? That's correct. And then he, he also is responsible for... Repaving the road. Well, he's responsible for patching back what he dig up. What he dig up, okay. Right? Yeah. But we paving the whole road anyway. Mm -hmm. So we are ready. We actually, we've been waiting on this. We've waited for, it's, it's almost two years since he has that contract because we, he had a bonding problem. We couldn't get, we wanted to make sure that we get it done. And then he finally got it started. Now we just need to get him to put back the plot, the, the patching. Him and the Waste Management Authority have a long-going dispute um, over several things, um, including the, the landfill. And, look, 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 but look, 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 I'm going to assure the lady. We, we can't get these people holding the people. It's going to get fixed. We can, but we can't get these disputes holding the people hostage, Governor, man. Yeah. And I, I think, Neville, that was, that was the attempt. You know, Once we got a complaint from the business owner, the Sinclair administrator, sort of helped to facilitate the media and figure out what is this dispute between these two entities yeah, and for us to get in. Uh, at this point, figure out what's the, what's the problem, what's the holdup, and, and make sure that we take away any impediments to moving forward. So the meeting, uh, there were some takeaways from that meeting, uh, and I think waste management has been given some marching orders to make sure that this thing moves pretty much or we will have to get further involved. <laughs> we'll get it. It's going to get it before the season. We're going to get it. Done because I mean I you know I listen to people debate things over the the, the while. That's what the courts for. You know we got the money we'll pay the road and then we send you a bill. Since if you don't want to do it yourself, you just get the bill. Before we touch yeah. on the hard issue, let, let, let me give some history with respect to the waste management authority. <clears throat> you were commissioner labor for John Young. Yes, John Young come before the legislature in 2008 complaining about the waste management authority, saying they got cars all over the place. We 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 hundred percent funded them. The government of the Virgin Islands. That's fifteen years ago. It came in January two thousand eight. I remember I said that's when it started. No no no. They started in January two uh, thousand four. Yeah. I talked about when Governor De Young came before legislature and said, "This is supposed to be a semi-autonomous agency, and it's we have to treat it like a regular cabinet agency." Fifteen years later, because they, they ain't implementing no fees. We're going through an energy crisis. We can't impose these fees on the people of the Virgin Islands. We're going to ever fix that problem, man? You think that problem will ever be fixed? Where the Waste Management Authority is supposed to function like how it was intended to function? <laughs> because well, you know, the key up? part of that discussion there was, what about this? They want China to Virgin Islands, California. It was a confluence, you know a, a confluence of dynamics that <laughs> yeah, has yeah, us no, in this predicament. Problem. That I mean, like, the energy crisis is the problem. Everybody, everybody wants to complain about whatever it is, garbage, water. The, the, the real answer is we haven't raised taxes on anything in the last five years that I've been governor. And there are no new taxes in the Virgin Islands going back at least till my... Can't tax people when our energy crisis is that is, is ridiculously high. It's been here for 20 years. Gov. When you talk about, you say you can't tax people. I mean, you can. No, but we, we do. No, never. We do tax people. Remember, there's taxes out there. What the government has mentioned is we haven't increased. Inflation has gone through the roof. I understand that part. But for the government, too. I, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I, I was coming to that. But who pays for it? 
ultimately the government <laughs> and ultimately people. the taxpayers. But I mean, so people, I, it, I had this con- long conversation with my financial people yesterday, and I told them, I said, listen, it got a lot of, it's a lot of revenue coming in, but they, they, it's an inflated revenue. And I, I just, got, I wanted to read them today. Um, I got a, a, a report from uh, Bureau of Economic Research mm-hmm. and talking about the, uh, the inflation rate in the Virgin Islands, and when you look at it, it is totally shocking. No, no, no. While you're looking for that, I just want to make sure, and, and, and the chief policy advisor spoke to that. Uh, we got a follow-up question. What's the answer to the question, though? When will the rules and tongue be fixed? And you said we got contract issues. This we, month. We well, con- yeah, I think the government says we, we're trying to make sure be, before Christmas before that these Christmas. roads are, are, are paved. But we do have a contract issue that I are hoping they resolve that that will ultimately call out to get to get to get to get involved with that doesn't have anything to do with it right so we could get if 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 whatever the adjustment is i'm giving them enough time to settle their little squabble but whatever the adjustment is on the paving when we hire a paving company we'll make them pave and then we'll just give a bill you know, it's so a the very simple company thing. is not the company who dig up the roads. No, no, no. no. So there, there's okay, a, so, okay. just yeah. pat, the, the, yeah. pay, the, the patching of the areas that were dug up. Mm-hmm. Marco is responsible for that. But we do have a separate contract under Public Works to come and in and actually pave the entire street, not go. just the area that was dug up. Yeah. So there there we go. And that contract was signed already. There we go. There we go. Make sure you include Hill Street in that car. Oh gosh, Hill Street is a is an obstacle course right about now. You're looking for some for some for some data there. So uh, the average inflation rate for 2022 is 9.8%, which is an increase yeah. from 8.6% in 2021. Mm-hmm. So not only did the inflation rate is 98 in 22, it was 8% in 21. St. Thomas experienced the fastest inflation rate at 14.5%, followed by St. Croix at 95 while St. John had the slowest at 5%. Food inflation increased from 10.6% in 2021 to 15.2% in 2022. Housing, 8.1% in 2021 to 10.1% in 2022. Recreation prices increased from 56 in 2021 to 12% in 2022. So we know people are feeling it and everything is getting more expensive. But the funny thing is, is... The government hasn't made anything more expensive. As a matter of fact, we've paid more on the insurance. We've gave, given people raises. We've given out subsidies for everything you could think under this creation. But at some point, this community is going to have to say, we're going to have to pay some extra taxes to pay for some of these things that are not covered by the federal government. But, but we also got to fix like the energy. Well, we got to fix a permanent fix for the energy crisis. Oh, so, 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 Neville, if I can, mm-hmm. let's look at the infrastructure of the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for the prudent replacement, the Bipartisan Act, and Arma Maria, this age infrastructure of WAPA that requires a billion dollars, we would not have an answer for. So it would now be, That's WAPA right. would have a energy crisis, and now we have a water crisis because, remember, WAPA was having a water crisis before the lead issue. So all Pipes and so, neighborhoods so, were just so, blowing up. So Alma and Maria was a necessary financial convenience. Inconvenience is what we said? It is. It is. We call it a spade a spade. Let's yeah, just be honest here, right? We get a chance to rebuild our schools. So are, I mean, so are we going to take full advantage of this generational opportunity? Absolutely. Yeah, the but you got, is that's the question. Yeah. I, I think, and, and in doing it, we have to do it right. You know, I think you were in the legislature. 
Mac was in financial distress before the storm. Mm -hmm. I don't think we would have made it. When we took over, they told us we couldn't make payroll for March. That's what, you know, I'm sitting down with, um, oh, God, why your name slipping me now, the finance commissioner, no, 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 no. Val Collins. Oh, Val Collins. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, we're gonna run out. We're gonna run out of cash by March. I mean, and we here we sit five years later. March twenty nineteen, Otaga. Yes. Twenty nineteen, and here even with the pandemic and everything that went through, we're here five years later, uh, and we're still chugging on and and financially viable. We fixed the GRS system. You know, we we no longer have a cash, and we had an infusion of cash because they were rebuilding the refinery. We did. Remember, we did. Remember to me, did, I did, no, I, no. My, my brain ain't like what it used to be, but it still did it. But that was, that was. 20, that. 2019 was a good year financially for the government of the Virgin Islands. It was a good year. Because of that influx of cash rebuilding the refinery, which it, unfortunately, you know, that's another discussion for another day. I hope you come back so we can break that down. I, right? I could tell you in 2020, when COVID hit, we didn't, and the president moved the tax collection to June, we didn't have a clue. How we were gonna make it, and we and and look at us today, and we we give up forty million a year, you know, mm -hmm. out of the Internal Revenue um, Revolving Fund, forty million to fix the the the, the retirement system when we refinance, and we mm -hmm. still chugging along, and still have cash to pay back a hundred and seventy five million dollars of retro pay that the Virgin Islands government owed that we issue now twenty five million dollar checks in there. So I look at. You know, it's like, you know, it's like he, he, Moses when he lead the the, the 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 people out of Egypt, mm -hmm. and they still were complaining. You know, mm -hmm. and I, 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 I water, yeah, the water imparting, okay, you know. yeah, yeah. Though, <laughs> we're not in a situation where we're out of the woods yet. We're still struggling to do the things that we can do, but we have come a long way. So now I'm, I'm like looking at the future, like what is it? With the Virgin Islands, so I, I, I'm glad you went there because I want to talk about HUD. One point nine billion dollars, right? And HUD, it, it, it seems to me, right, with, with with administrations in the past up to now, that they believe HUD is about housing. And the last time I checked, HUD is housing and urban, urban development, development which requires economic investment and job creation. I mean, I believe you yourself have asked. Housing Finance Authority, we could build all the houses in the world, and we're going to build them, but we need people to work so that they could make, make, pay mortgages and all that yeah. stuff. What's going on, man? Because, because $1.9 billion, and to my, to my understanding, we only expended like $250, $300 million out of that. That's a small fraction. It, it is, but I mean, you got to understand too, right? How they give you 10 years to spend it. There's a reason why they do that. And that's $2 billion in an economy like, like Miami, like where there's way more people in... in Capacity, you know, when you look at these inflation rates, right? Mm -hmm. Some of it is fueled by uh, what's happening globally. But a significant amount of our inflation is being fueled by lack of employment, uh, people to employ. So right now, if a cashier in a store making $14 an hour walking at one of our grocery stores, that's $28,000 a year. Right, policemen are starting at like forty-one, and when you think about to get somebody now, you have to pay more and more and more. So if I'm paying somebody more to serve a burger at one of our fast food restaurants, the fast food price got to go up. If I'm paying more people more money for trucking, and it's it just compounds, and 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 so are, are every, you are you confident that the 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 investment 
and requisite reinvestment is going to happen because that's what HUD is all about. No. I am confident about that. What scares me is, and I want to say this very carefully, if you right now are doing something to add value to your person, to your bottom line, to your investment portfolio in the Virgin Islands, you're going to be in trouble. Because our inflation rate, those 9, 10, 15%, that's not going away. That's going to get worse. So people have to start to think about how am I going to compete in this market? There'll be jobs, but will you be the one getting them? But everything, everything you're talking about, Governor, cycles back to our energy crisis. Because, because you're talking businesses, right? You talked about someone flipping a burger in one of our fast food chains. They got overhead. They got a monthly WAPA that we need to pay. And, and at 40, 40%, 40 cents a kilowatt I'm hour. Tell you, I mean, come on, man. I will fix the energy problem. That's not going to be the problem. You confident in that? I am. Energy is going to be a the big 20 help. years we're dealing with, with LIAC. Come, come 2004, LIAC. Come to 2024. I see Kevin moving forward. LIAC, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? LIAC was, a, a, was an unknown acronym until about the early 2001 generation now kicking, right? And we got to fix that problem, that's Kevin? A sol- wait, listen, that's a solvable problem. That's a solvable we, we, problem. We got liquid cash to solve that? Yeah, we. that's a solvable problem. What we don't have, right? You can reduce the energy prices where you want. That's not going to lower the cost of a house. We're paying a million dollars per are public. You, are, you, are you in it over there in Duno? That's ridiculous, man. A million dollars a public housing unit is what the new spot prospect. And that's before inflation. That's with everything combined rolled into it. The energy problem is going to get fixed because a nation, President Biden, Everybody's putting tons of money towards it. We just applied for another hundred million dollars in energy grants. You confident you're gonna get that? We're gonna get a big piece of it. We got lots of new money coming in again um, for certain specific areas. But but but, 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 but the audience is you're listening. not gonna be able. The audience is listening to this reality that we're dealing with. In the past, we're going to a break, so I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let this marinate while 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 we damn break. In the past, our problem has been lack of resources, specifically cash. Mm-hmm. That is not the problem now. No. Our problem are all of the other necessities to actually get past the goal line. It's not a money issue. Why can't we fix that problem? No, no, no. I, what problem is specifically? Of actually getting the work done so that the public... Has a because look, public confidence is a big issue, man. Three three point three percent unemployment. I keep going back to that number. So but, but when we, this but we don't right, have the requisite, and I, I think it's also our, the, our, our per capita, like the number of people in the virgins to do the work. We, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking that's, about. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. We need that's the workforce, yeah. and we don't have the workforce. Your your, your uh, the office of uh, disaster recovery sat here three weeks into my first when the show first started, never. The amount of people we need, <laughs> our population don't have it. Right. That's but, a big issue. So but, we'll take a break on that. Think about that, and we'll come back and, and address that. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. Wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's on point with me, Magna Chakrabarty. 
weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Our planet needs our help. The Earthshot Prize recognizes and rewards innovators who are working to solve our greatest environmental challenges. Join us for an evening of innovation, inspiration, and music as we celebrate those who are saving our planet. It's time for the 2023 Earthshot Prize. Tune in Sunday, November 12th at 8 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. On Saturday, November 11th, from 12 to 4 p.m., the second annual Fitter Futures Food Truck Festival and Family Fundraiser will be at Leatherback Brewery by the airport in Fredericton. The community event will include food trucks, games, face painting, a petting zoo, crafts, sweet treats, music, and prizes. Fitter Futures by Beeston Hill, a 501c3, is committed to improving the health, strength, mobility, and social engagement of the elderly and mobility-challenged populations of St. Croix. Back here, uh, like this, fortunate to have uh, Governor Albert Brain <clears throat> Jr. here in the house, along with his chief policy advisor, Kevin Williams Sr., out to the West, and Richard Mota Jr., out to the East. But he got roots in the West as well, though. So glad to have you, gentlemen, here. Governor, I hope you realize that the, the quality of the questions I'm asking are courtesy of my, of my audience. Oh, yeah. And, and I, hope you, I hope you appreciate uh, the high level. You know the audience uh, brings together. That's, they're the strength of this particular show. I think you are. You've been. You've been a guest on my show. I'd say maybe like 12, 15 times over a three-year period. I, I hope you appreciate uh, what the audience does uh, for me and I, for us here. I I love it. Um, and I and 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 I love to come on the show because I always get the really good question. I don't get pothole questions. I did get a tax return question today. <laughs> you gotta ask that question. Eight hours comes. But I, what I'm trying to show you is. St. Croix is the cheapest place in the Virgin Islands to live, mm -hmm. right? That's a fact. Three bedroom, two bath, wheel of fortune, $540,000. Like who, who the, average, the average government salary is somewhere around fifty fifty two thousand dollars $52,000. I was going to uh, ask Ms. Richardson this morning to give me that, but I know it's somewhere around that. They can handle that $3,000, not a mortgage with that kind of thing now. Three, the interest rate is seven percent. That's a that's a five thousand dollar mortgage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's why talking about when I when I get say I'm I'm worried, when when you talk about three percent unemployment, right? Now we need seven thousand workers to ramp up to where we're gonna be chugging along with the with the um with the recovery. So let's just say, for argument's sake, that's thirty five hundred per district, right? And then let's take off, let's take off eight hundred for people who will be living together. Mm -hmm. That's still twenty seven hundred units you need on each island to live. 
What do you think is going to happen to the price of rent when that happens? Do you think our people are going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to house our people for the regular 1500 when they could get 2500 to house somebody working construction? So when you fix the energy problem, rent is going to be the big issue. Rent is going to be the big issue. Um, the, the, the energy problem... The, 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 is, talk about that quick. The $145 million um, request through the, the Department of... Housing and urban development with CDBG monies and all that stuff. So yeah, so that that really allows us now to wipe that debt and retain that asset for WAPA. Um, so they well, won't what, have. What are you hearing from HUD with respect to? Well, it's, it's technically approved. Okay. So we they 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 approved the substantial amendment. So what that means is they approve of using the money for this purpose. Now our local have to approve. WAPA for that purpose. So in concept... Define our local. Right. So Virgin Islands Housing Finance Authority has now to make the grant to WAPA, and WAPA application has to be approved by them. They got to check all the boxes there, and then they get that to purchase the um, two facilities. Okay. Okay. So so, so, so it's two so, facilities. So, 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 so you feel good about that situation being resolved Provided that we do everything that we're supposed to do as it relates to protocols. So, yes. So, what I'm saying is energy problem. Because mm -hmm. I keep saying, I was saying before, I'm going to fix WAPA. I'm going to fix the energy problem. Right? Mm -hmm. So, that's happening. Boom. That's that's one. The four Watsilla generators for St. Thomas, they're going to be, I think we're doing that ribbon cutting either December or January. But they're already using them to, to bronze start St. Thomas. Mm -hmm. There's four... Solar project. We have, we have an energy director who chairs the the governing board for the Water Water and Power Authority, and they explain that to us. Yeah, so you got four power purchase agreements with not a Pro Solar uh, Electron, VI Electron. Those have to be accompanied with a battery agreement, which will then start to lower the prices of of um, thing. Now, people don't like to hear this, but I'll tell you. If power was fifty-three cents a kilowatt hour fifteen years ago, two thousand eight, mm -hmm. and it's forty-three cents a kilowatt hour now, everything else went up. For the five years I've been governor, the light bill actually went down. So we reduced it by one cent. We're gonna reduce it some more before I leave office. But what continues to happen, or continued to happen in the past, was WAPA. As soon as they get a little bit of air to be able to breathe, and people like to forget the past, the PSC would lower the rate. So you can't operate a business where you always marginally successful. That's why all of these lines failing now, because years and years are not being able to have the money to do the repairs. The government owing them twenty million dollars a running bill. You can't buy equipment. Well, there's also there's also a dynamic that we have no control over. The commodity is. That's, well, a, that's an external thing. We don't yeah, manufacture yeah. the commodity here. So that impacts, you know, cost as it relates to WAPA and what we have to pay as ratepayers. But there's $2 billion to fix WAPA. And there's more money to fix the energy problem. So the Solar for Everyone grants, we're trying to make sure that people have options to put batteries and solar in the house, low cost, 1% loans in a combination with grants. We're doing the stuff now to, uh, we should have these... Uh, electric vehicle charging stations up by next year. We're doing stuff to promote. Uh, even in the government fleet, we're going to electric vehicles. 
Um, so that's another big move for us. Once we start buying fuel, fuel is an exported commodity. If we're producing solar, that means that imported commodity, rather. If we're producing fu- energy from solar, I mean, that's money that we ain't spending on fuel mm-hmm. that we could spend on something else. That means that for WAPA, it also means that for consumers. So by keeping your energy bill the same or lowering it, because remember, inflation going off at 10%, 12% a year, your, infl- your, your light bill ain't moving. Nobody gives them credit for that. The second problem is, because I get a, the calls all the time, is consistency. Oh, WAPA went out again. WAPA went out again. The batteries that we're putting in are going to smooth that out. So now when your power go, WAPA batteries will kick in. Now, like I told my friend Mr. Reed over there in St. John, that's never going to stop from somebody hitting down a pole, digging up a cable, which is what the kind of problems we've been having lately in WAPA. So the, the guy who dug up that line and hit a, hit a, 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 a main power feed... Knockout power for two weeks in St. Thomas. St. St. Croix, same thing, downtown. No, downtown, the businesses that <laughs> Knock out the power for mm. a week and a half. So you can't do anything about those things, eventualities of those things. You can't do anything about storms. WAP has been making good progress. But I think, Governor, we are pool. doing something. We're, yeah. we're, we're undergrounding. You know, we do have the undergrounding of some of these these lines. But, like, the one lines to the home that last mile, you're going to yeah. have those issues. But... As far as you know, improving that situation, we are doing things of that nature then, as well. Then I, be, I think that, and then and the third step in that is getting people to start to switch from a wet ahead on top of your house to something going underground mm-hmm. and connected. So then your when offer people, is when, eliminated. When people use this something, you know, they change it so easy. You know how much expensive that is too. I mean, with new housing, should incorporate solar because I'm not. You know, since it went there a couple of weeks ago. The Housing Finance Authority was before the legislature. Our numbers are horrid with respect to new to new homes. Uh, yeah. Are we going to see some light at the end of the tunnel with respect to home construction under the Brian Roach administration? I think I think yeah, we have some deals going with with um some people, but the the what's the big issue? The cost. I mean, we're getting quoted eight hundred thousand dollars for a twelve hundred square foot home in Saint Thomas. Like, who can afford? $800,000 mortgage for a $1,200 square foot home. I mean, the, 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 the housing is ridiculous. I mean, and then I have contractors walk up to me and say they don't have any work. Like, there's hundreds of people out there. We are the only place on the face of planet Earth giving people a $200,000 subsidy on your first home. Nowhere else on planet Earth you can find it. And people still having problems. Finding stock like the supply, the, the, the supply chain issue is weird. Yeah, I mean, but who calls call a contractor now to do something on your house and see how long it takes? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm, re, I'm not refuting that. So we but, got. But to, we can't give up though. We got to keep no, no, pushing no. and pushing. We got different ways that we're trying to do that. I speak to developers every day, and I but I tell them I said, build a house, build one, and you'll sell a hundred because people. Well, 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 we know the list is long for, yeah, for, for new homeowners. I want to ask the, the chief policy advisor this. Mr. Policy advisor, how long have you been on this gig now? Uh, October 9th, my first day. So tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, well, today concluding, <laughs> concluding a complete month and you'll start the second month tomorrow. Give me, give me the top three policy issues that you believe we're facing here in the territory that you are walking in lockstep with the governor and the administration to fix right now. Based on what you're seeing, what you're hearing from the public, well, I I, I think 
our infrastructure um, is uh, and our capacity still remains the like. So everything you just mentioned is, is tying together. As we grow, we're having these challenges. And so us figuring out how to smooth out the manpower resources, um, getting our, you know, for me, getting our children into the UVI, getting them into a training program, whether it be vocational, so that in three or four or five years, we're still going to be going through the recovery, but they will become um, a part of the recovery and the transformation process that, that the government is going through. I think that's really number one because we, we, we want to think short so, so term, but we got to think long term as well. So infrastructure and education are connected. Infrastructure and education. They, they kind of go hand in hand, mm-hmm. Neville, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think... What about healthcare? Uh, we haven't spoken about that enough. Of course, you know, when the governor comes and we want to touch on every issue that we can. What about healthcare for the territory? I, I think healthcare is on pace. Um, we the rebuilding of the hospitals is going to be a long drawn out process again. We're looking at four or five years to get these uh, replaced. But I think in the meanwhile, the, the developments we're doing with the Diabetes Center of Excellence, the new uh, 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 dialysis centers we build in, the new uh, temporary hospital the advent of telemedicine and the stuff that we're doing with electronic health records, those are the kind of things that are going to bring us along until that time. But, you know, structures take forever to to be rebuilt. But I am confident in a couple of things. We have had incredible progress just by getting our Medicare uh, thing, Medicaid satisfied permanently. So now before we were paying like 43%, mm-hmm. we're only paying 17% now permanently we got to do some work on the cap when you look at the virgin islands at least 75 to 80 percent of everybody of everyone is covered by some type of insurance and that's high um i think that's a a, a really good look for us even though we would want that number to be 100 percent. absolutely you, you mentioned long term uh, you mentioned the word permanently what's the deal with the cover over what are you hearing from from washington uh, you know it's positive on one side and negative that is like hot and cold um i i th- I agree with the delegate somewhat that the bipartisan issues debate between the Republicans and the Democrats are going to stop anything from getting done. But I'm hopeful uh, because we're speaking to the Republicans and they're going to have something coming out around Christmas that it would be palatable to the Democrats because it's not about the cover over. It's about the uh, all the other things that are going to be in the bill mm-hmm. that they debate about. The, there's not much opposition to the cover over and all the other extenders, but they have to attach to a uh, tax bill or some other kind of appropriation bill. And so we're just waiting for some. It's like you're waiting for a raid. You're catching a raid. You're looking for something to jump on that's going to make it through Congress. Um, the elections were yesterday. Democrats did well again. Andy Bashir won in Kentucky. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, which which could mean that there's going to be a little bit. Of the, the the abortion issue is huge now, and it's causing the Republicans to lose a lot of steam um, in states where they they dominated before. What I'm what is as, as as shocking to me is still Donald Trump with all the stuff he has going on is leading the polls, even leading even leading Biden um, mm-hmm. on the po- in the mm-hmm. polls. So this is an elect president. The, 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 the votes yesterday kind of refuting those polls, though. That the exactly the, the votes no. yesterday refuting those polls. But that, you know, that, that, there's a serious disconnect going on there right now. Mm-hmm. So I would, I because, would hope because those losses aren't squeakers. They're getting blown out. Yeah, 
because of the abortion issue. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so, 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 so the votes, what's actually happening, and what we're hearing from pollsters and media, they're not, they're not, um, they're not jiving. But the one thing with Trump supporters, they look past everything, even indictments, and support a candidate. That's worrisome. That's a different kind of loyalty. Mm -hmm. So that that is of of concern. So. If the Republicans feel that they have to compromise a little bit to get stuff done, I think we're, we're going to be good. And vice versa. Um, we need to get something done in Congress. But there's nothing that imminent now in the war, of course, in uh, Israel and Hamas. Mm -hmm. is really sucking all the energy out of the room. And Ukraine. The Ukraine yeah. situation. The Ukraine situation as well. We only got one minute left. Governor, I want to thank you uh, for joining me this morning. You're coming back? We might have to take three hours next time. Yeah, that's there's what, that's, so that's much stuff saying. we didn't talk about. And, and, and Mr. Policy Advisor, you will let it, the chief of staff know that the door is open. I've already, uh, I've already messaged him. Oh, good. So uh, that's uh, how we're uh, moving uh, out. Uh, 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 yeah, like in. <laughs> and Governor, when you come back, I, I wanted to explain to the public, and if you could bring the, the disaster recovery uh, director, my good friend, E.J. Williams. Um, CDBG monies... Right, you you got mitigation and you got disaster recovery, and I think we need to get into educating the public as to how that whole thing works. Because in the last couple of years of the the young administration, they actually passed a law that removed the legislature out of that process. Remember, we right. remember we used to collect CDBG monies right. for years, right. right? And we need to re-educate the public as to what's going on. I believe CDBG could actually help us to fix a lot of our problems. Of course, we need workforce and people to do the job, but... You know what the problem is, though, and I'll say it in short, is Quickly, that... because we got 15 seconds. Go ahead. The planning started in the MAP administration, and it takes so long to get things out that I didn't take stuff off course. But... All the things that are going on switches the priority. So projects that you thought were going to get done, ain't going to get done. They're in floodplains. They they have other kind of issues. So we got to get back. But I just want to let the public know that, you know, we're on top of the water situation. And you're coming back. I'm coming back. Kevin, you're taking I love you, Thank you, Richie. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Governor. Great, great discussion as well. Thanks to the audience. The governor is going to be back. We're going to work on that. Be good and be safe. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Early bird tickets are on sale now through Tuesday, November 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255 and 340-690-7293. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, Anthony School, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, and the VI Housing Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.